Greetings, game music lovers. I'm Bedroth. And I'm Shoot Kapow. And you're listening to Very Good Music. A VGM podcast. Well, that uh, took us a little longer than I expected us to, but I guess that's another sign that maybe it's a good idea that we went ahead and uh, and decided to wrap this up. <laughs> but we are back for what is actually episode 75, uh, the second to last regular episode of Very Good Music. I don't think the last one is going to take us this long to, to put out. It will definitely be out by the end of the year. Um, but yeah, so... We've been through the final stage, we have faced the final boss, and now, Shukapau, why don't you describe as best as you can what I told you the topic for today is going to be? Because it's a little bit of a gray area. All right. Well, today we are listening to tracks for, like, we're listening to ending themes from video games. Not credits themes, but themes that play after you beat the game, before the credits. Exactly. So... It, it, it's weird. So different games do different things in this period of time. Uh, there are some games, uh, Ninja Gaiden uh, famously is one of the earliest games that actually had like cinematic cutscenes at the end. There were three separate sort of ending cutscenes with, you know, uh, pixelated artwork, um, three different tracks and narration along the bottom of the screen in text. There are in modern games, of course, there's a lot of times like a final cutscene that might have music that plays in it. Uh, in some games, like in Mario games, there are sometimes what are sort of like cast lists where it doesn't actually, it's not credits because it doesn't credit anybody who worked on the game, but it'll go through and show all the enemies and list their like canon names and usually a different theme will play during that. Um, or in some games, like Earthbound, for example, uh, you actually walk through the game um, during the epilogue portion, and that would also qualify. So, what were some things that kind of came to mind? How did you approach putting together this playlist, Shukapau? I just, like, did my best because I could not find that many ending themes. The research on this type of thing is tough because a lot of times you can't really go by the soundtrack unless you just know the game super, super well. Um, there, because the soundtrack doesn't always tell you this is the theme that plays during this exact point in the game. So <laughs> I actually, I started looking through and actually watching playthroughs of games and listening to what, you know, what played during this, this period. And that just ended up taking way too long. So I thought back to some favorite games of mine, some of which we featured on a show, some of which may maybe we haven't, although I think all of mine I've, we played at least one song from before. And I just kind of went to their ending in a playthrough, verified what I thought was the ending music, and that's what I ended up playing. So I, I don't have a super clear recollection of exactly what's going on during all these endings, so I may not be able to talk much about that, but I could definitely talk about the games, as we usually do. And... Uh, yeah, though, um, at the very end, I'm going to be playing a specially chosen track by a very good friend of the show, um, and a guy who has actually been featured on the show before, but I'm going to save that, 
Um, it's not Prof Jeff, so <laughs> that much of a spoiler. But um, another friend of the show, and we're going to be playing his chosen theme, which he actually recommended for an earlier episode, and I just wasn't... It didn't really fit in for that one, but I'm excited to bring it to this. But yeah, um, I actually said, do we have any top of the show news, or do you want to go ahead and get into the playlist and save some of our plugging stuff for the end? Let's go ahead and get into it for now. Okay. Well, I told you that uh, you can go ahead and start us out on this one. What is your first track going to be? First off, I thought I'm going to go ahead and bring a track that I've known for quite a while now. This is Because I Love You from Earthbound. Because I Love You from Earthbound, composed by Hirokazu Ando and released by Nintendo for the SNES in 1994. Absolute classic. And uh, this one was on on my list for a little bit, but then I I was very confident that you were going to bring this one to the show. <laughs> yeah, this is a good one. Before we get going, uh, you did mention to me before we got started that your tracks are in release date order yep that's true i did not put mine in any particular kind of order uh they're just kind of in the order i ended up putting them in they're they're mostly release date order you know what i could probably finagle mine around nah i'm gonna leave them the way they are (laughs) but yeah so why don't you talk a little about what exactly is going on during this scene in the game because this is one of those where i think we could we can't actually describe it all right. So this music plays after you beat Gygus. Uh, well, first off, spoilers ahead for Earthbound if you haven't played it. Um, you can emulate At the end it. of the game, you beat the final boss if you win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you wake up in Saturn Valley after, like, you know, you beat Gygus, and then you die, and then you undie, kind of, I think. And... 
Yeah, I think we can go ahead and say it. But basically what happens is in order to go back and face Gygus, uh, your human bodies can't take the strain. And so Dr. Andonuts trans transports your spirits into these robot bodies. And so your robot bodies die back at the like beginning of time when you go to fight Gygus in his fetus form. And then your spirits make their ways back to your bodies in uh, Saturn Valley. Yeah, that. So yeah, it's fun stuff. <laughs> after that, um, Jeff leaves with Andonuts, and uh, Pooh goes back to Delam, and then Paula asks if you can take her home. So, uh, you guys just basically like walk back through the rest of the game, and it's uh, it's just a neat little, neat little uh, part of the game where you're just walking back through and talking to everyone and just seeing yeah, it's this very peaceful. world that you've saved. A lot of the characters have different dialogue at this point. Um, it is interesting to just kind of walk through the world and not have to fight any enemies. You can kind of, you know, uh, experience it in a different way. And, I mean, you can just use PK Teleport and go back to Tucson, but, you know, don't do that. Enjoy it. Yeah. And even after you drop Paula off at the, uh, the daycare in Tucson, when you walk back to your house, this theme is still playing. And... Yeah, just a really, really nice kind of melancholy way to open things up. And I think that fits the tone of uh, us as we're wrapping up the show. We've got kind of a mix of, of fun, uh, serious, and sad themes, though, today, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I am... We're a little bit Super Nintendo heavy uh, today. We have four of our uh, ten tracks, not counting the blooper reel, our SNES tracks. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is the greatest system of all time. So there you go. Um, yeah. We are going to move on to the hard mode ending theme for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time. And we'll talk a little about this when we come back. That was the hard mode ending theme for Turtles in Time, or from Turtles in Time. This was composed by Kazuhiko Uehara and Harumi Ueko. 
This is specifically in the SNES version. I don't think that this played in the arcade because I don't think there were different difficulty settings in the arcade. But what's cool about this is there. So the the very beginning of this uh, it plays during the normal mode ending, but you don't get the full song unless you beat the game on hard mode, which I have not done. Um, now that I have the Cowabunga collection, it's on my list. I'll probably probably work that out. But uh, this is just a... I like this theme, and I love this game. What did you think about this track, Shukapo? Well, that went hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, it's funny. nice and like groovy. It's pretty cool. Yeah, this is just straight-up classic rock. Um, like, actual classic rock, not just like modern rock that I think is classic because it was out when I was a kid, but really, truly classic rock. This is something not too dissimilar from what Grandpa might play on his show. And uh, it's just the drums are, are cool. That that lead that's supposed to kind of sound like a guitar, but isn't quite one. Um, <laughs> uh, it's It's got a very Konami Turtles sound to it, which is really distinctive, and I love it a lot. I've had I've had turtles on the brain lately. Um, a lot of turtles going got, around. Yep, yep. I had Shredder's Revenge and Cowabunga Collection that I picked up recently. And uh, Dusk and I watched uh, Rise of the TMNT, uh, recommended by Jeff. I, I had not really been avoiding it. I just I didn't have a whole lot of interest uh, after watching the pilot um, a year or so ago. Just never really got into it. But man, man, am I glad that Jeff recommended it. And am I glad that Dusk started watching it with me and decided that she loved it because Dusk's appreciation of the show really amplified mine. And um, you really liked what you saw of Rise as well, didn't you? Eh, it was pretty cool. Watched a little bit of it. It's really different, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not like, I've never been super into, like, I'm not, I'm not super into, like, shows and stuff at the moment. Yeah, you've been busy with other stuff. With the exception of Superstore, which you've been enjoying watching with me and Dusk. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's been a lot of fun. Um, you've never really been a huge Turtles fan uh, like like I was. And Turtles is one of those things that it's, it's interesting in that it keeps getting reimagined and it keeps, like, the fandom keeps growing and evolving. And for the most part, uh, people tend to be pretty welcoming. Um we are still kind of ironing out the kinks of the, uh, you know, people hating on Rise. But other than that, it's, um, you know, it's a pretty cool fandom. You did really enjoy the uh, 2012 series on Nickelodeon, right? Yeah. That was one of the, the shows that, like, that was all of ours that we watched, you and me and, uh, you and, me and Dusk and, and Lemon Boy. Um, the other two not so much because they were younger but um we really all enjoyed that show that's probably still my favorite iteration of the turtles even though i'm nostalgic for the ones i grew up on which this game of course is based on um and i love rise rise is in a whole kind of different category in my head but if i had to narrow one down 2012 is probably my favorite series uh they're just so cool and these games are always fun to play with multiple people and when you get to the end it really feels like you earned it <laughs> yeah yeah, so talk a little about your... Well, you can talk about when we come back. What is your second track going to be? All right. Well, next up, I'm going to go ahead and play an interesting pick. This is You're My Hero from Sonic 3D Blast. 
And that was You're My Hero from Sonic 3D Blast, composed by Jun Senoe. Um, and this was released in 1996 for the Sega Saturn by Sega. That was really cool. That was some classic, uh, cheesy 90s, super, super feely goodness. How did you find this song? I just looked it up. I, mean, I just looked up like Sonic ending themes on YouTube and that popped up. Cool. Well, this is really neat. Do you, do you, did you see any any footage or anything that showed like what's going on while this plays? Or nope. You just like the way it sounded and picked it. Yep, pretty neat songs, like super chill and stuff. You know. Okay, it is. So this is from the, the Saturn. Um, so they're really leaning in hard to that. Uh, uh, during this this generation, there were a lot of voiced credit songs you know they could have actual songs in the credits quote-unquote songs with words (laughs) Uh, and they they definitely tried for that sonic is not the first series that comes to mind when i think of cheesy ballads to end the game but why why (laughs) do you think i'm gonna put some of your musical chops to the test why do you think this song is effective as an ending theme i think it's just like a really neat chill 
kind of song, and that's usually the type of song that I envision in the credits, you know? But this isn't credits, right? I mean, the ending is what I mean. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I could tell you about the endings of Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 and Knuckles, but I can't tell you about the ending to this game or most other Sonic games since then. So we will go ahead and, I guess, move on to a game that I, I can talk a little about the ending of because I have beaten this game. Uh, most of my games or tracks are from games that were featured on way back in season one when we did uh, our favorite songs from the other's favorite games. Um, that two-part little thing that we did that was fun. Um, most of these are from games that were in my favorite games list, but this one is actually not. And so I'm excited to be able to bring it. I really enjoyed playing this game when I was a kid. It's my favorite of the Mega Man X series. And we haven't really featured much Mega Man X 2 on the show. Uh, we, of course, did our two parts with Skeletroy, where we talked about the music from Mega Man X and Mega Man X 3. But this one got left a little out in the cold. And it has a very nice soundtrack. Uh, I would say a lot of the tunes aren't as catchy as the ones in X and X3. But the songs are, are still good. They're just of a very different variety. And I think that's because this game only has one composer, uh, Yuki Iwai. And she went in a very different direction. Um, so you can tell it's Mega Man, but it still has a different slant to it. This is The Wake of Destruction from Mega Man X2. And it's the ending theme of that game, composed by Yuki Iwai. That was The Wake of Destruction from Mega Man X2. Chukapau, what did you think of that? That was pretty cool. Pretty, like, uh, chill sort of Mega Man X kind of thing, you know? Yeah. What do you, what do you think it is about it that, like, 
like, like I said, this is definitely a Mega Man X theme. Um, but what would you say it is about it that kind of identifies it as that? The Mega Man X guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the guitars, the instruments in general are, are definitely pretty pretty unique to the series. Yeah. But this this is interesting. Uh, I So at the end of Mega Man X 2, there are kind of two different ways it can go down. Um, I believe that the end result when this track plays is the same either way. But during the course of this game, you as you're beating the Mavericks, you are also trying to retrieve the parts of um, Zero, who was destroyed at the end of Mega Man X 1. And uh, have he was... His parts were salvaged, and he was brought back to Dr. Kane's lab, and Dr. Kane's been trying to revive him. Well, at the beginning, he his parts are um, stolen by the X-Hunters, who are working for Sigma. You don't know that at the beginning of the game. You just think they're the big bads, but then you find out they're working for Sigma. Um, and if you beat them through the course of the game, they appear in the Maverick levels, then you get Zero's uh, pieces back, and at the end... He comes in to save you during a pivotal moment, and you beat Sigma, and then the two of you are like standing on this cliff, uh, sort of looking out over this um, over the sea, and this theme plays, and a uh, a scroll, a text scroll appears and talks about how yada yada pieces restored, but for how long? You know, you know, you think you've destroyed Sigma, but you thought you destroyed him last time, and you know, spoiler alerts, there's um, all the way up to Mega Man X8, and Sigma is in every game, I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> but yeah, if you don't retrieve all of Zero's pieces, then at that pivotal moment, you actually have to fight Zero. And he's, he's not too tough once you get his patterns down, uh, but if you don't know what you're expected, what, what to expect when you go in, you're going to get totally stomped, because it's Zero, come on. <laughs> um, but... Even if you defeat him, I believe that he still manages to make it out and uh, reunite with you um, after you beat Sigma. So, yeah, uh, that was my experience with Mega Man X2. I did actually have the patience to go through and get everything uh, yeah, and 100% complete this game when I was a kid. I don't anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of fun. And some of the, some of the coolest um, Maverick designs. I really like Flame Stag um, and uh, Dust Moth. Those are really cool. Magnus Centipede. Crystal Snail has probably my favorite music in the game. Um, this is some, some cool stuff. Got some nostalgia for this, as I believe that you have for the next game on our list. Next up, I have from Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, the Hall of Fame theme.
right. That was Hall of Fame from Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, composed originally for Pokemon Red and Green by Junichi Masuda, and arranged for this game by Shota Kageyama. And Heart Gold and Soul Silver were, of course, released on the Nintendo DS in 2009 by Nintendo and developed by Game Freak. Well, this is a cool, uh, very triumphant sort of ending theme. Like it a lot, and of course, it's got those uh, those DS trumpets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, cool stuff. Talk about it. All right. Well, the Hall of Fame theme plays after you go into the Hall of Fame, and uh, it's it plays before the credits when your Pokemon are like being entered in the Hall of Fame, obviously, and. It's always been a really cool thing whenever I beat a Pokemon game, just seeing the team that got me so far. Uh, I actually do have a couple drawings up on my wall that Dusk did of some of my past Nuzlocke Hall of Fames, which is really cool. Very cool. So um, so this is after you defeat... Who's the, the final uh, in this game? Uh, that would be Lance. Okay. So you beat Lance, and um, then... Talk me through what kind of takes you. How does the how does the Hall of Fame come into play? Like, how do you get from the Lance fight to the Hall of uh, Fame? You you do the champion battle against Lance, and then you win. And so he's like, "Oh, you beat me! All the things." And then the door opens up behind him, and you go into the Hall of Fame, which you just put all your Pokeballs in this like uh, like one of those Pokemon Center healing things. You just put them in there, and then the Hall of Fame cutscene starts. Okay, cool. Very cool. Well, I don't think it would be um, fitting for our ending themes episode if we didn't talk a little bit about what are uh, what is your favorite ending from a Pokemon game? Not necessarily the music, but just the ending. I think... Hmm, I'm going to need to think about that. My first thought was Mystery Dungeon Deluxe. The thing is, a lot of the main series Pokemon games just have that normal, like, oh, you you beat the game, Hall of Fame stuff. But I really like the atmosphere of the Pokemon Emerald credits theme because uh, it just has your player character biking along like a grass path with all the Pokemon that you've caught along the way, like showing up like in the background, you know? I also think the fire red and leaf green credits is pretty cool because it has your player character like running through like all the different areas. It's there. The Game Boy Advance era of Pokemon had some really cool stuff. Huh, I expected you to talk about some of the uh, characters like um, do your rivals or some of the characters like in come into play during endings of any of these games in meaningful ways. Sometimes I think <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I know that, like, all the uh, Elite Four and Champion are there at the uh, at the ending right before the credits of Black and White 2, but, oh, no, my favorite ending in the series is Pokemon Black and White, because you beat the game, you beat Gessis, and then he gets, like, taken into custody or whatever, and then uh, there's, like, this really emotional scene with N where he's like, oh, I wonder what I'm going to do next. I, I've done just so many things and i want to just like take some time to myself and think about what to do better and he's like farewell uh i hope we'll see each other again soon and the screen fades to white and then credits start it's great okay very cool very cool 
All right. Um, well, let's go ahead and get into my next track. And when we come back, we'll talk a little more about the... Um, well, we'll play a couple more tracks, then we'll talk some about other other endings that are kind of meaningful to us in games. But coming up next, uh, we're going to listen to the ending theme from the DLC of The Messenger. Uh, this is Wingding, or the outro theme from The Messenger, Picnic Panic. And it was composed by Rainbow Dragon Eyes. Again, that was Wingding, the outro theme from the Picnic Panic DLC from The Messenger. And as the whole soundtrack was, this was uh, composed by Rainbow Dragon Eyes. Different feel than the other tracks we've played so far. What did you think of this one, Shu Kapow? That was super cool. Really smooth, like yeah. some nice messenger stuff, you know? Yeah, really chill, really vibey. Um, it, it has, again, it has, it sounds like the messenger music, 
but it's slower and more chill, like you said, than anything else on the list. And I love the uh, the <laughs> retro seagull sounds with the with the wave sounds. Um, it's kind of cool. It's ambient, but still has a nice basic melody that your brain can kind of latch onto. I don't know what was happening during this portion. Um, it was confirmed to me somehow that this was not a credits theme, but actually some sort of ending sequence. But I haven't beaten Picnic Panic yet, so I'm going to wait and not look up what's actually happening until I finally get back in there and finish this up. But <laughs> don't have a whole lot to say about this. Um, loved the messenger so much uh i mean so much that it was one of my favorite games a couple of years ago when we did that that pair of episodes but uh, it's one i'm gonna be coming back to at some point i'm sure a lot of fun really cool story really funny writing great gameplay great music um the the stage design gets gets a little bit annoying when you get to the second half of the game and it turns into like an exploration platformer instead of just an action combat platformer but it's uh, still still one of my favorite games, despite that. Yeah, I mean, that's it for me. I feel like you uh, might have some stuff to say after this next one. So um, I'm excited. What are we going to be listening to next? I think I'm going to go ahead and bring from Kirby's Return to Dreamland, each to his own world.
that was Each to His Own World from Kirby's Return to Dreamland, composed by either or both Hirokazu Ando and Jun Ishikawa, and released for the Nintendo Wii in 2011 by Nintendo and developed by HAL Laboratory. That was delightful. I I really like the second part, uh, but the first part... The first part's fitting because I think it really makes me think of the end of Return to Dreamland, but the second part just is so Kirby, so classic Kirby. It is. So this plays, this is this is more of an overture for like the cutscene where like after you beat Magalore, another dimension is kind of just like falling apart because, you know, the Master Crown uh, is like broken now. So uh, the power is kind of like fading away. And so they're all kind of like panicking, but then the four like Landias swoop in and like fly them back into Dreamland where uh, they wake up and, you know, they're in Dreamland all the things you know yeah and i mean overtures are pretty common for like ending and credit themes because they go back and uh um you know kind of cover all the different all the different uh not all the different pieces but a lot of the major themes of the game um i think that similar things happen i know similar things happen in sonic games i think something similar happens in undertale and uh it's a really cool cool note i'm glad we got to include that but uh, this is um, this is fun. Kirby's Return to Dreamland is the only game so far that has appeared on all three of our um, wrap-up episodes. You played, uh, didn't you play the last area theme from Kirby's Return to Dreamland in the last levels episode? I think so. Yeah, I yeah, that was because another dimension. Talked about, and then I played, yeah, other, other, and then you played Crown. Then I played Crown. Yeah, and then and now, now there's this. One. this. <laughs> Did you do that intentionally? Yep. Cool. Very cool. I like it a lot. Oh, man. So speaking of things we like a lot, um, why don't you talk a little about some of your, just in general, some of the most memorable experiences you have had at the end of a game? Like the things that really stick out to you when you try to think of, man, I remember how it was when I beat this game and watching the ending. It was so cool. Yeah. Um. Tales of Symphonia is a big one because that game was just so special to me for a long time, and it still is. It's a really good game, and I like it a lot. Um, pretty much every time I've beaten any Pikmin game because mm-hmm. they're just so much fun to replay each time. And when I look at those uh, those stats, how many Pikmin I've, uh, how many Pikmin I had, how many I lost, how many in total that. Uh, I gained, and seeing how many days it took, how many less days than the last time it took for me to beat it. It's a lot of fun. And, of course, there's Return to Dreamland, which is just such an experience. I can't wait for Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, For me, some of the most nostalgic ones, um, I remember the first time I experienced an ending in Street Fighter II, because in Street Fighter 2, you had to beat the game at a certain difficulty level before you could actually have like an, an ending cutscene with any character. First time I did it was with Guile, because I was a Guile main back in the day. And uh, you get to watch him walk across the screen. And um, it was cool how they used the existing sprite animation to make it look like he grab, grabs Bison's collar and it's like he's about to just like knock his head off. And then his wife and daughter run onto the screen and his wife because for some reason they're in Thailand watching, you know, Guile 
in this street fight with this dictator. <laughs> but they run onto the scene, and his wife convinces him to not give in to revenge, and that killing Bison won't bring Charlie back. And it's all very cliche, but it was cool for me because it was the first time I was good enough to beat Bison and get an, uh, an ending. Um, of course, A Link to the Past. That was one of my first really memorable ending sequences. Um, I felt really, really accomplished after beating that game. It was the longest game I'd beaten up to that point. And the ending theme is just really cool. Beautiful Hyrule, um, which leads right into the end credits theme, which is maybe my favorite ending credits theme. It's just, that one's really special to me. So, but It's also really, it's really fun when you get to the end of a game that has taken you a long time to beat. <laughs> uh, like a JRPG or something like that. So, I mean, Earthbound, that ending, I already talked about that a little bit last week. That was, uh, was really, really fun. Um, Chrono Trigger, uh, which I'll talk about a little bit next week. Spoiler alert. Um, and Fantasy Life. I almost brought feedback from Fantasy Life to this episode, actually. It's the ending cutscene music. And uh, we played that back on the Fantasy Life episode, episode 5, the first time Dusk appeared on the show. So you can go back and listen to that one if you haven't yet. It's a fun one. But that one, that was, was a lot of fun. And Fantasy Life, of course, I beat over and over and over again because of all the different endings you get with the different jobs. But yeah, now um, we're going to go ahead and move into the theme that was brought by a friend of the show. We'll talk about that a little bit when we come back from it. But this is Daybreak, the ending theme from Street Fighter Alpha 3. This particular song was composed by Takayuki Iwai, not to be composed, not to be composed, huh? not to be confused with Yuki Iwai, the composer for Mega Man 2, Takayuki Iwai. And uh, yeah, once again, Daybreak from Street Fighter Alpha 3.
Okay, welcome back. Uh, that was Daybreak, the ending theme for Street Fighter Alpha 3, composed by Takeyuki Iwai. And uh, I messed up. That was supposed to be my last track, but it was actually my fourth. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But, you know, my last track is pretty special to me, um, so I think this is, this is fitting enough. But I do want to talk a little about this. This was recommended to me by my friend Lee Tyrrell. And this was actually suggested back when we po- um, I did my first call for recommendations for the um, Last Levels episode. And um, Lee uh, posted this as his favorite sort of like ending area theme. Um, and so I, I looked into it a little bit and I uh, found out it wasn't actually a Last Level theme, which is why I didn't play it there. It is listed as the ending theme on everything I could find. I did not watch a playthrough of this to verify, so it is possible this is a credits theme. Some of the YouTube comments make it seem like it might be, but if so, it's a nice little, I guess, preview of, of next week, next uh, next episode, not next week. Ha. But, yeah, um, Lee on Twitter says, Street Fighter Alpha 3 used to play this all the time. Um, it is uh, his all-time favorite, uh, mostly because it's the only one that he could legitimately, the only ending he could legitimately earn when he was a child, which something to be said for that. And um, yeah, Lee is a really busy guy. He actually just released, as we're recording this, a bonus episode of The Sound Test um, about Grand Theft Auto, which I have not been able to check out yet, but hopefully by the time this posts, I'll get to listen to that. Uh, Lee's a fantastic interviewer and podcaster. He has a really great voice. Uh, he is also a, um, a competent musician, a composer, and bass player, and he is a writer. Um, he has a, a Medium page, which I will link to in the show notes, and I'm also going to link to a project that he is serving as the art director for called Decent Land. So both of those links uh, will be in the show notes, and I encourage you all to check those out because it's some really, really cool stuff I've been kind of following from the sidelines. But yeah, um, Chukabao. <laughs> that last track of mine was was pretty chill. Yeah. But what did you think of this one? That was pretty cool too. Nice and like smooth. Yeah, uh, I this I, I'm not surprised that Lee likes this. It's got that... Um, I don't even know what I would call this because, as I have said from the beginning, I'm not great when it comes to narrowing down specific genres of music outside of very particular areas. Um, but this has got, um, I think it's got some elements of like house. Uh, it's that smooth, um, slightly hip hoppy electronica, um, just a digital ambience. Um, this is like you know lo-fi tunes to study to, <laughs> and really it's it's one of those things that you you do see a lot in an ending and i could see this playing in a cutscene where there's like maybe some things to read because you don't want a super busy track while you're trying to read something <laughs> um but yeah i thought this was really really cool and really glad to be able to feature something from lee here on this last run of four episodes because um it's been it's been cool getting to know him as uh, as i have been on this podcasting journey but that is going to bring us to your last track of the episode. And it looks like this is a fitting one. Um, what are we going to be listening to? Well, last we have Olimar's comeback ending from Pikmin 3 Deluxe. <laughs> 
That was ending from Olimar's comeback from Pikmin 3 Deluxe. Um, I could not find the composer for this one, but the game was released for the Nintendo Switch in 2020, actually exactly two years ago to the day that we're recording, and released by Nintendo. That was really cool. <laughs> it's always hilarious to me how deep Olimar's voice is. Yeah. Uh, he's like in his 30s and or 40s, I think, because uh, he has canonically lived for uh, multiple decades, but he is younger than the Hocktake president, who is in his 60s somewhere. So yeah, he's he's somewhere somewhere in there, you know. Yeah, uh, this was just it was just really nice with the Pikmin sounds and everything. Um, talk about this ending in particular and why you decided to uh, use this to end your run on the show today. Well, I mean, it's because it's the most recently released game, but yeah. why do you think, why do you, why'd you include this one over, say, Pikmin or Pikmin 2's endings? Well, Pikmin has been on my mind recently because um, I have been uploading some Pikmin content that's been doing really well on my YouTube channel, which you can go ahead and check out. It'll probably be in the show notes. Absolutely. It's, well, I was looking for Pikmin ending themes, like ending cutscene themes. I couldn't find any except for this one, so I guess this is here now. Cool. Very cool. Um, well, I have beaten Pikmin 3. Um, I think I also beat Pikmin 2. Yeah, I did. I did. I haven't, I haven't even really played the first Pikmin game, so. <laughs> but this one was fun. Um, this is still one of the, uh, I think the prettiest games that I have seen Nintendo put out. It's it's just everything pops. It's such a vibrant world. The style is really really cool, and you you really get to uh, get to feel for these little characters as they you know make their way around this to them this giant world. And it's just uh, yeah really fun little games and i'm excited for pikmin 4 not as excited for you but i'm definitely excited for your excitement for pikmin 4 <laughs> yeah uh i was thinking about it earlier and i feel like pikmin 4 is going to be my favorite game in so long 
I'm so excited for like an actual new Pikmin experience because I remember playing uh, all the Pikmin games as a kid and seeing all these new cool areas and just like the chance to have that again is just uh, it's gonna be so cool cool um all right well uh i am excited to kind of close this out and we'll come back and talk a little about we'll do our plugs and we'll talk about the the blooper music that i'm i'm excited to talk about as well and then yeah um i've got a couple of ideas for the last episode that you and i can kind of also talk about and we'll I guess take it from there and I don't know I kind of don't want to wrap this up but this isn't even the last episode but the show must go on (laughs) so next up we're going to listen to Goodbye Gino from Super Mario RPG this was of course composed by the queen of EGM Yoko Shimomura Welcome back, everyone. That was Goodbye Gino from Super Mario RPG. What do you think about that one, Shoot? That's crazy. I really like how it brought back, like, the do-do-do-do-do-do from the cutscene where Gino, like, I, I guess, uh, sort of inhabits the Gino doll. Yeah, the um, it's where, where Gino shows up. It's also the theme that plays when you get a star. Yeah. And, yeah, it's... Uh, this one hit me in the feels, man. Um, this was a really special game to finally beat. I beat it with a with a buddy of mine. Um, I was in eighth or ninth grade, um, and this was the same buddy that I later would uh, rent a GameCube with and play through over the first summer after my freshman year in college. Uh, play through 
Sonic Adventure 2 and uh, Smash Melee. Um, good buddy of mine named Ruben, who I don't think listens to the show, but if you do, hey man, shout out. But, man, this is just such a special game to me. It's it's my favorite Mario game, easily. Um, and maybe my favorite Yoko Shimura soundtrack. That's, that's hard, but I think if I had to narrow it down, it'd probably be this one, if only for the nostalgia. And I can't think of a better way for me to end this endings episode than with this ending scene from Super Mario RPG. All right. Yeah, that is going to do it for the songs for for this episode, except for the blooper reel music, which... (laughs) Oh, man. This this actually was one of the first things that came to mind, which maybe says something about my brain. When you beat Doom... um, you get to uh, you get back down to Earth after uh, clearing Phobos and Deimos, and then whatever Inferno is. I think it's supposed to actually be Hell, but you get back to to Earth, and you're looking around this grassy field, and you see this little bunny um, nibbling on some grass, and canonically, uh, your your character, the Doom guy, uh, this is his pet bunny who he finally got to see when he got back to Earth. And then the camera pans left, and slowly the the rabbit pans out of the picture, and slowly the field turns into this burned hellscape. And as it turns out, the demons actually beat you to Earth. So now you have to fight them here. That is why Doom 2 is called Hell on Earth. But when the camera stops panning, you see the bunny's head on a spike. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and the name of this track is Sweet Little Dead Bunny from Doom by Bobby Prince. Uh, and it's when you listen to it, I'll, I'll let it play through. Uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of bloopers in this episode because we haven't talked as much as we used to. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll, I'll let it play through and you'll hear, you'll hear the transition. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, I had to include that one somewhere, but it's kind of short. So. Yeah, um, Shukapal, what have you got to talk about? What have you been up to? What would you like people to see? I, I will be linking your YouTube in the show notes. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else you got going on? Um, I've been composing some music on Flat.io, and uh, I've been on Twitter a bit. Um, uh, mostly it's just, you know, school, got some work stuff going on, and that's pretty much all. Okay. What are some of the things that you've been working on on YouTube that you'd like people to check out specifically? Uh, Well, I've been doing some Pikmin content that apparently people have been enjoying a lot, which is super cool because I like Pikmin. And I've also been doing some Pokemon, uh, Minecraft, and I'm reaching the endgame of an Undertale series. So that's pretty cool. Lemon Boy and I have been watching that series in particular, and it's... uh... It, it's a lot of fun. I love your commentary. Um, mm-hmm. your, your your humor is quirky and good. Thank you. Um, I also really like the uh, nostalgia episode you put out talking about games from your childhood. That was that was really cool. Not not very long either. So it might might be a good good place to start. So uh, and yeah, your your episode about uh, the Pikmin, the tier list of Pikmin areas has really really taken off and blown up. Yeah. Um, what is the view count on that one now? Let me check real quick. 
Uh, last time I checked, it was around like it was over four thousand, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's at forty-eight hundred views and two hundred sixty-three likes, which is really cool. And then my forest naval video is uh, just over six hundred. I currently have 141 subscribers, which is super neat. <laughs> yeah, man, that's cool. That's really cool. We'll have to talk about some kind of special special thing when you get 500 subscribers. Maybe we could do some kind of giveaway or something. But yeah, um, very, very cool stuff. Super proud of you. Uh, I have still been on BG Mania. That's going um, week to week, and I've been on several episodes recently. It's, uh, um, <clears throat> it is really a lot of fun getting to still pick video game music every week and talk with brian about it we, we go into some funny places those uh those episodes have gotten kind of long since i've joined them but you all know how i like to talk so probably no surprise if you have listened to very good music and you have not yet migrated over to bg mania to start listening there um if you are in need of another podcast to fill the hole this one's going to leave then i would definitely check it out it's a lot of fun and I also am still hosting monthly the Movie Bar with the Dyad. It's a podcast about legal films because the Dyad is a lawyer, and so that's been fun. We've been picking up kind of a kind of a slow following there. But if anybody is interested in um, lawyer stuff or movies or especially both, check it out. Our Halloween episode was The Devil's Advocate, starring Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino, and. Uh, the, we are going to be watching a movie called The Verdict with Paul Newman for November. And we've got something really special planned for December. So check out the November episode if you want to know what that's going to be. But yeah, um, you can also reach out to us. Uh, our link to our Discord is in the show notes. You can find me on Twitter at VGMPod. And I'm on Twitter at ShootKapow. And next time, uh, we've been talking about it a little bit, but next time we are going to be playing credits themes. And shoot, I think I'm going to do something kind of special. We're going to go back to our 14-track format for this last episode and make it a kind of a super-sized one. What do you think? Yeah, that'd be super cool. And I'm going to get credits picks from Jeff and Dusk. I would like you to reach out to RJ and let him pick one. And then I will... Uh, Maybe think about a couple of ways. Uh, well, you've got a special track, and actually, I don't. I don't think I'm going to make your track count as one of your seven. So that will um, that would take us up to a total of 18 tracks. <laughs> and if we bump in a couple more, then um, we'll have a nice, supersized 20-track finale for the podcast. How does that sound to you? Yeah, that'd be super cool. cool. All right. Well, uh, anybody out there who is listening, um, if you have got a favorite credits theme, one that you think is just your favorite ever or the best ever, maybe it's both, uh, let us know. You can send it to us on Twitter or on Discord or email if you want to do it old-fashioned at VGM at gmail.com. You could even call us and leave us a voicemail on Anchor. And if you do that, I will play it on the final show. If you have a testimonial for... Um, what very good music has meant to you and you would like to either write in with that or record it and send it or call anchor and record it uh, you can do any of those things we would love to hear from you about your memories of the show anything that you would like to say to us about it uh, we wouldn't have gone even this long if it weren't for you and for the attention that you have given us so 
super excited. The credits theme episode, I'm just going to say at this point, it will go up sometime in December, um, before Christmas, but sometime in December. And uh, yeah, we'll be ready. I'm excited. Got anything else, Shoot Kapow? Nope, that's about it. Cool. All right. Well then, until next time, gamers, play very good games. Be very good people. And keep listening to Very Good Music. I'm still hosting monthly the movie bar with the dyad. It's an episode, it is a podcast where we talk about. Sorry, hold on a second, mom's calling me. Pause. All right. Well, don't actually pause anything, I'll just cut this out of the recording. <laughs> yeah. I'll be right back. Nice.